may be seated. And thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Good morning, church. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Absolutely. All right, all right. It is, it, is an, it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord and a day to just to bask in his presence and to, know, to, know, and to be blessed and certainly ready for the week. It's been, an, it's, talking about weeks, it's been a crazy but fun week. Uh, we have a picture up on the screen. I want to show a little bit. See, you have some of these kids. More pictures. More pictures showing up. Because see, on Friday, as it's been announced, there was a, a lock-in, teen lock-in. And see, look at that. A youth lock-in uh, that, that happened. There were about over 50 kids. Of, our, of those that are from our church, and they had just a blast. And to be honest with you, they never slept. Uh, they, they went home at 6 o'clock, and they were ready, and I bet they didn't get up probably that, until that eve. That, um, I know my daughter stayed up until uh, 4, 5 o'clock, and she went back to sleep again. And so, but I do want to thank Greg and Lieutenant Kyla for just being with our kids and all the wonderful chaperones. So amazing, amazing time. Another thing happened, we... Uh, it's about that time. I'm, I think the parents in the house are probably happy to know that school starts next this coming week. Yes, can I hear? Oh, yes, I hear some clap. And, and kids probably are wondering, please don't mention school because it's tomorrow. But I know our preschool uh, is starting a new school year. And there were about, I would say, about 100 uh, parents in the, in the auditorium on Friday. To, it was a parent orientation. And so we were glad to just get a good kick of the school year kickoff. And it, it was a blessing to see all the new, the new parents. But it is good to be. Are you ready for God's word this morning? Yes. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. You are ready in our presence. And Lord, we come to you right now, and I just ask that you just open our hearts, soften our, our hearts, Lord, to what you have to share with us. Open our, our ears and our minds, Lord, to what you have to share, Lord, because your word is alive and powerful. May, may your word come out, Lord, not my words. So right now, as we sit, let us just listen to, you, to your words. I know you have something amazing to share with us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you were here last week, Sunday, uh, you probably were surprised that you came in and you saw a fruit stand. And what comes with the fruit stand is fruits. And each of you got a piece of fruit. Okay, let by show of hands, how many of you already ate your fruit? I better see all of your hands because I don't know where they are right now. This might be maybe rotting somewhere else. Unless you got a green banana, but it does, doesn't last long either. So I trust that you've enjoyed it and that you received it well. Because you see, last week we began our new sermon series titled Peeled. Peeled, God's life revealed in us. His life. We're going to be peeling and we're talking about the, the, the fruit of the Spirit that is found from Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 23. And here what Paul says and writes about the fruit of the Spirit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. And so as we go through this series, we will be studying each of these qualities, each of these fruit, and learn how to learn. Now, that's the word. We're going to learn, but we're not just going to learn it. We are going to practice them in our daily lives. 
And that's always going to be a challenge. You just, we don't come in here on a Sunday and just hear about it and learn it, but we're going to practice them in our lives. And so the first blessing, the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And Major Phil spoke about it, and we learned that as the Holy Spirit lives in each of us, the fruit of love blossoms and grows as we love the things God loves. I hope you remember that last week. And not only that, that we love the way God loves. I hope that you've been trying that out this past week. But today, this morning, we are going to look at the next one on the list, which is, does anybody know? Joy. Joy. Joy it is. And let me ask you this. Have you ever been around a person who, no matter what is going on around them, they seem to be calm, peaceful, and confident? Can you, can you think of someone right now in your life? And these people seem to have something that is special about them. Special. And as you look at them, you'd wish that you could deal with life's problems in the same way. I don't know about you, but if you're like me, I run around in a panic or I worry about every little thing that goes wrong. Okay, okay, I know that's me. Is there anyone? Am I the only one in the room? Okay, thank you. Make me feel better now. But here, yet I see all these people who just, they don't get upset about it or get flustered. How would you like to be able to handle anything that comes at you without getting, getting upset or fall apart? Don't you want that? I do too. How would you like to have that special something that, that, that others have? Don't you want that? Because I'm going to tell you, it's joy. Church, it's joy. And, and I, when I think about it, I think about it and when all those fruit, joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And when you took a bite of that fruit when you went home, remember the taste of that banana, the apple, the, the tangerine, or whatever that you received, that taste, the taste of joy is something that you just don't want to taste once. You want more of it. Never get enough of it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's about joy. The fruit of joy, the blessing of joy. So what is this fruit of joy? When you think of the word joy, what comes to mind? Okay, think about that. What is it? What does it look like? You see, joy is something that we all long for, don't we? We all long for it, but that often seems so difficult to grab hold of. It is. You see, experiencing joy should be part of every Christian. That every Christian's life, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit produced by God's work in us. And it, it, and it is part of God's will for you and for me. You see, the joy that Paul talks about in Galatians is, as being the fruit of the Spirit is much, much more than just a positive attitude or a, a pleasant emotion. You see, the joy which the people of God should be displaying in their lives is holy and pure. The joy that, that it is a joy that rises up above the circumstances of life and focuses on the very character, the very character of God. You see, church, joy in the Lord enables us, enables you and me to enjoy 
all, all what God has given us. And he has given us so much. So for a, for a follower of Christ, joy is not optional. Like love is not optional. Joy is not optional. Because you see, as we sang about it, Philippians 4, 4 says, through Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But church, part of the problem is that joy is often misunderstood. Some people think that joy and happiness are the same. And maybe of us think that way. But let me tell you, there is actually a big, big difference between the two. The word happy comes from the same word as happen. Happy comes the same word as happen. We feel happy if something good is happening to us at that moment. Okay? But, but th- this means that being happy is just what then? Temporarily. It doesn't last long. Okay, I think of, I love dessert. It's my favorite. I love dessert. Okay, I, I use that. I love dessert. And so once I take a bite of that dessert, what happens? Once it's gone, I'm happy. I'm enjoying it. But once it's gone, it's what? It's gone. And I'm going to need for another something to happen again. I need to eat another one to be happy. But if, another way of looking at it, if people treat me good, if people treat you good, if things are going well in my life, then guess what? I'm happy. I'm happy. But if my circumstances aren't favorable, guess what? I'm unhappy. You know what I'm saying? One minute something good could be happening, and we are so happy, happy, happy. And the next minute, I'm talking about next minute or second, the next thing you know could be happening, and we don't feel Happy, happy, happy at all. You know what I'm saying? You guys got what I'm talking about, what happiness is? But joy, on the other hand, is different. Joy does not depend on what is happening to us. It does not. It stays deep down in in your heart no matter what is going on. You see, joy is shown throughout Scripture as a profound quality of life that rises above the events and disasters of life. Joy is not dependent on circumstances like happiness is. Joy is living a life that is not bound by circumstances. This past week was a rough week. It was a busy, fun week, but rough. There were times in one of the departments that I oversee, I got two resignations. Who talk about that and many other things going on. Talk about where is my joy then? Was I happy? Certainly that did not make me happy. But guess what? Through that process, God was speaking to me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Guess what? I was not happy, but I felt really that sense of joy, knowing that God has this in control, that no matter that two resignations that I got, it's going to be okay. Was I worried a bit? Can I tell you honestly? Not really. Because I know that God will provide. You see, joy and happiness, it's very different, but it also comes from a different source. Happiness comes from the world around us. But joy comes directly from the spirit of the living God. It does. And now, if we want to see this kind of fruit, this kind of blessing to ripen in our lives, we desperately need the Holy Spirit to prune away whatever it is that hinders our joy. 
that, and then we then can be empowered to, to make the, the right choices that moves us closer to the lifestyle that God wants us, the lifestyle of rejoicing, no matter what happens. See, church, we need to guard our lives. We need to guard our lives against common, uh, the word I'm going to teach you today is joy busters. Can you say joy busters? busters. Look at the person next to you and say joy buster. Because they may be your joy buster for today. I hope not. Joy busters, or I would say joy stealers. Okay, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, it's not that, no connection probably. But they're joy stealers. They take away your joy. So that's what it is. You see, we live in a rough and tough world today with all of the crime, the unrest, sickness that can happen to any of us at any time. And so many believers and Christians followers have lost a lot of their joy in the Lord because of all the beatings that they have taken in their life. See, for Paul, who wrote the book of Galatians, he wrote to the church of Galatia about the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5. But I want to take you to chapter 4, verse 15, because you see, Paul needed to ask the, the, Galatia, the church of Galatia about this question that he asked them. What has happened to all your joy? Somehow there was something that went on to the church, and he had to pointly ask them, what has happened to all your joy? So this morning, church, this same question needs to be asked of us. I don't know where you are in your life. If, are you experiencing joy in your life right now? And if you're not, let me ask you this. What has happened to all your joy this morning? You see, there are so many things that seem to seek to rob us of our joy. Circumstances can shake our faith. People will, will discourage us. And, and things can distract us from what God wants us to enjoy. I believe that the one quality that is missing in life today is joy. Joy. Just turn on to the news and the social media. They all show us that there really is little good news to report. Correct? Are you sensing that? And that's, what we, that's the kind of world we live in. And so this morning, there are three common joy busters or stealers that robs us of our joy. So I want you to go with me here. Number one, one joy buster is this. Unsatisfied expectations. Have you ever felt as if you were going through the motions of life with the, with the same routine and unfulfilled expectations? You see, there are people you know who are not content with the way their lives are progressing. Their expectations have not been met, whether you're from the younger ones or the older ones. And all of us know what it feels to be discontent or let down. Let's face it. Let's face it, friends. It's a challenge to be content these days. It is, isn't it? It is. And physically, we know that we're not the one of the one of the beautiful people physically we're all going to try everything we can to to be happy but here but we would love to be beautiful people but sometimes we can't emotionally we live in our lives with stress hard work and certainly there are bills to pay but wish we didn't have to how about materially we are afraid that we'll never 
going to get the house that we need. Or you can say, we'll never get to have this blank. And you fill it up. Because you know what, you're, what, what, what triggers these, this, remember, these joy busters of unsatisfied expectations? You know what they are in your lives. You see, it's a vicious circle that keeps going and going. But for many of us, discontent robs us of God's joy in our lives. And I love the Apostle Paul because you see, he knows and he knew because he went through what we're going through. He learned what it is to live with unsatisfied expectations because he tells us in Philippians a secret of how to deal with it. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Isn't that interesting that Paul calls contentment a secret? A secret, a mystery about it. You know, a story of a man who complained. He complained because he didn't have any shoes until he saw a man who didn't have any feet. How many of us are like that? We live life complaining. Yeah, I'm getting into you guys like, don't go there. I'm meddling, am I? But we do live life discontent. With Paul, contentment has to do with, with your soul really being satisfied. Your soul. The secret is not learning to, to want, but to accept without having that feeling of entitled, being entitled, or unsatisfied. Reminder, church, the key to protecting our joy is contentment. And Paul certainly was content. Think about it. He was in prison, and he writes this. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Can you say that to yourself? For my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And that's the God we serve. So being content, God knows what we need, and he will provide it. So do you have any unsatisfied expectations that have led to this spirit of discontent? Because that's one joy buster. The next second joy buster is this, unresolved conflict. Unresolved conflict. Another thing that can cause our joy to to fade is when we allow conflict in our lives to linger. When someone has hurt you, has hurt us, and we let our minds and our hearts dwell on that hurt. You see, when that happens, it saps out God's joy from our lives. That's been given. Anger and bitterness clouds our heart and hides our view of God. And it drains away our joy. So when I am at odds with you, I can't be in harmony with God. When I'm distracted, when I am in conflict with other people, I cannot have a clear connection with God. And the Bible tells us over and over this, that if if someone says, and if you say this, I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. And church, you and I cannot be in harmony with God and out of harmony with the people around us. We cannot be in harmony with God and be out of harmony with people in your life. If so, the fruit of the 
spirit of joy will be taken in your life. Paul recognized this. You see, the scriptures, I love it, because the scripture tells us that, that there's a link between joy and unity. Then he says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and one purpose. So my question is this, are there any unresolved conflicts in your life today? Have you hurt someone because of what you've said, because you were angry, you were frustrated, you said some things that you should have not said this morning, yesterday, last week? And it's time to resolve that conflict, church, today. And you need to meet with that person face to face and make it right and be reconciled. Reconciled. And so it is, one joy buster is unsatisfied expectations. Number two is unresolved conflict. And number three is this, unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. The third joy buster is perhaps responsible for driving away more joy out of lives than any other. Guilt can kill your joy faster than anything I know. Many of us who deal with guilt, that is rough. It is going to kill faster of anything else that we know. Sin can send joy far, far away. Sin, of course, we know it separates us from God. When you ignore sin, it is like ignoring a cancer or an illness that that is inside of you. Eventually, it will kill your spirit and destroy your joy. And so our attitude towards sin, church, should be very serious. If you are a believer, a follower of Christ, our attitude towards sin should be very serious. But many people underestimate sin and sadly are easily entertained by it. As the people of God, hear me out here, we ought to be disgusted by sin and recognize that it is our enemy. It robs us of enjoyment of being joyful in the Lord. It takes our eyes off of Him and appeals to our selfish desires and cravings. Yes, sin promises pleasure, but it robs us of true joy. Its goal, church, is destruction of any way in your life. We need to understand that no matter what form it comes in, whatever form sin is in your life, sin is a villain and it must be shunned. And it is a thief of joy. It is a thief of joy. So, church, the only true way to be free from this guilt is to admit that we are guilty that we are guilty. And so often we try to, to, to explain away the guilt that results from our personal sin. And can I tell you, we are so good, too good, I think we get an award for it, that we are so good at making excuses and playing the blame game. And you see, I think of David in the Old Testament, of David, and I think of him who who after his experience of, of being robbed of his joy because of his unconfessed sin, he was, he was a, let me see, he was jealous. He committed adultery. He committed murder. David seeks forgiveness of all people. David seeks forgiveness because he knew he needed to. 
Psalm 32, 5. I want you to listen to his confession. Finally, he says, finally, I confess with all my sins to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. (sighs) David's greatest need was not to find great excuse, nor to ignore the feelings of guilt or blame them for someone else or something else. His greatest need, church, was to find forgiveness. Confessing our sins to the Lord and repenting from them is a way to get hold of our joy that comes from forgiveness. See, that is the, why we are encouraged by the words of 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, what is it? He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Protecting our joy, it's confession. Forgiveness doesn't come when we ignore or hide our sins, but only when we choose to confess them before God. I love it because David owns up to his sin. How many of us can own up to our sin? And we need to own up because you see, when we own up, joy returns. And that's what it was for David. And you see from verse 5 of his confession to verse 11, It says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? He was not able to rejoice and experience the joy of the Lord until he confessed his sin. Isn't that amazing? And I pray that we can learn from that this morning. So what are those unconfessed sins in your life this morning? If I had a big x-ray right here on the stage this morning, and we had to x-ray your, your heart, your walk with God this morning, what will it reveal? What will it reveal? Would it reveal a temptation that you did not resist? Would it reveal an, an anger or, or a hatred towards someone? Or would it be a courage that you couldn't find? Church, guilt lies hidden beneath the surface, and it's there decaying and irritating. And how I just want all of us this morning to to kind of realize that we need to stop being stubborn. Being stubborn and ask God for forgiveness this morning because you see, it will only chew up the joy in our lives. Don't let unconfessed sin in your life take your joy away. And friends, This whole joy buster thing is really sad and depressing, isn't it? Am I getting you all depressed? Come on, I got to hear you guys. Because you see, there's good news. All those busters are going to take your joy away, but I'm going to leave you here this morning with God's word that we can bring joy back. Because you see, lost joy can be restored. David experienced that in Psalm 51. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Because you see, God honored that prayer and he honors ours as well. To restore our joy from these joy busters, we will need to cultivate some joy builders. From joy busters, we have joy builders into our lives. We need to build that joy that's been losing and leaking and oozing out because of these busters that we're dealing with. So the first one is this. Hang in there with me. 
Reaffirm your commitment to others. That's the first joy builders. Reaffirm. To me, the first joy has to do with relationship that we must have among each other. See, Romans tells us rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So one of the sources of, of Christian joy is this fellowship that we have with believers in Christ Jesus. So fellowship is not just hanging out, although hanging out can be fun and have some value, but we must be intentional. That's the word, intentional and deliberate about connecting with people. The goal is not to have thousands of friends or millions but the goal is really that we have someone in our life that you can have quality fellowship that brings you joy, that brings joy to your relationship. We need each other. We need one another. We are called for community. We are called to community. And that's what we here at the Crux Center Church truly believe and how each of us need to be part of a Ohana group or a part of a, a small group, a Bible study, or, or a discipleship group because it is so important. That's why it encourages us in our joy. We all want you here, whether you're visiting or you, whenever you go home, wherever you're visiting from, find a place that you can commit to to be with other people in your faith journey. You see, there's a certain camaraderie and fellowship, but if you are on your own, isolated, living an isolated life, you can never know what it means to rejoice with others or weep when they're weeping. If we're not in fellowship with others, our joy will never be, will never be filled up. It's going to continue to leak. And so let me share with you one of my small group that I belong to, and I facilitate, and I think it's, it's amazing, and I love it. It's a Tuesday Bible study for the women, and I look, I look forward to each week when the group gets together. That's why we never stop, because we just want to keep meeting, and many of you know what that's like if you have a small group that you're in right now. We love to pray. We love to, to cry, laugh, and eat, certainly. That's one of the things, but there's something about it, and I, can I tell you, it brings joy to my life. It brings joy when how busy the day was on Tuesdays. But when I get to that room, I know that they bring me joy. They know that no matter what's going on, God is there. So talk about fellowship. I pray that you get to find and be in a group that really, that God wants you to live life to the fullest. So I encourage you. So if you are not part of a fellowship right now, I encourage you to, to pray about it. And we can help you in that process. Number one, joy builder. When you reaffirm your commitment with others, it will build your joy up. Next one is this. Release your problems to God. We all have problems, don't we? And God reminds us that we need to bring our concerns and allow God to, to deal with it because we have a God who's good. He is God who wants to, to, and is asking us to release our burdens. I like what Matthew tells us. Jesus said to his disciples, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to your, to, for you to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Church, 
release, to let go. Let God fill your need. God never leaves a void. God never de- de- deserts you. He will never forsake you. God's power is, is ever at work within every circumstances. As you let go and trust God, everything is transformed. Whatever that is, he transformed everything. Yes, everything into a blessing. God continually makes dark places light, rough places smooth, crooked places straight, and empty places full. Full of his loving kindness, full of his abundant joy. So we can experience experience joy when we give our burdens to Jesus. He can carry it. He can handle it. And he reminds us that he knows us and he is ultimately the one who will take care of everything that is of our needs. And I like what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. To what? To trust in the Lord with all your what? With all your heart. And lean out in your own understanding in all your ways. I love this. Letting go, release, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Church, he wants to you to have his joy back this morning. And he wants it, in spite of all of what you're going through, he wants you to, to reaffirm your commitment to God, he, to others. He wants you to release your problems to God. And lastly, when your joy is totally depleted and gone, build your joy by remaining close to Jesus. Remaining close to Jesus. Remain in me as I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit. It is severed from the vine. And you, will cannot, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Church, there is no doubt that Jesus wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to stay connected to him and the Holy Spirit. There, is, there, there are so many things out there that seek to rob us of our joy. There are. And people will discourage you. Things will distract you. To discover this joy, we need to, to stop looking everywhere. We just need to look to Jesus because he will give it to us. And we need to stay connected in his word. We need to be connected through prayer. We need to be connected in fellowship. So let me ask you this. Are you connected to Jesus on a daily basis? Are you? And if you are, keep on it. Keep going. If you're not, maybe today is the day to get started. You see, as I conclude this morning, Jesus wants us to experience this abundant, overflowing joy. However, life is full of ups and downs. Agree? Yes? Full, full of, life is full of sort of happenings. And maybe you, you get confused, you're angry, you may be discouraged. But we need to realize that there are a lot of things out there, like the joy busters, who will take away our joy. We know that we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy the joy of the Lord in our lives. And he uses the joy busters of what? Unsatisfied expectation, not being content. He will use unresolved conflict, no relationships, unconfessed sins to live a life of no joy. He's going to want us to not experience joy. But Jesus has come to give us life to the fullest. And with that, he wants us to take on the joy builders in our life so that we can experience the joy of the Lord. The reaffirmation of of our commitment with each other, our releasing our problems to God and to remain close to Jesus. Church, 
God wants us to live a joyful life. We want to be able to wake up every morning and say, in spite of what's going to happen, you can say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Will you do that this week? As the worship team comes up and sing us a song, I want us to know that we have a God who wants us to be joyful every day. Yes, circumstances will come, but it's, that's how we're going to show what we're made of. Are you one who's going to let the joy busters just take your joy away? Or are you one who's going to say, I'm going to build my joy and stand firm and be with God? I don't know where you are this morning, but as, as the worship team sings, the place of prayer is here for you. Unconfessed sins, don't leave this place this morning, leaving knowing that there is a sin that needs to be forgiven, an unresolved conflict. I'll let the Spirit speak to you this morning and respond as you lead. Is it possible to live a life full of joy? Yes, it is. It's never easy, but we have a God and the Holy Spirit to guide us. And church, with your eyes closed and your head bowed, I just want to take this time to pray for you. I know the light is dim and we want to keep it there. And I just want you to look to what this week is going to be. The joy busters are waiting out out that door as you leave this place. Are you going to commit? And I'm going to encourage you to commit this week to how you can stay joyful and be joyful that is not of us but is of God. I'd like to pray for you this morning. And I know we asked you to raise your hand and we still do. But this morning, if you want to just say, I'm going to commit to be joyful and live that kind of life you want me, Lord, I'm going to try it. And I'm just going to ask you to make that commitment by standing where you are. Where you are, or if you're not able to stand, just raise the hand up and say, Lord, I am going to really try this week. And I know we're all going to do it, but maybe this is your commitment this morning. So I ask you to stand. Amen. A commitment that you're making between you and the Lord. Standing, you're making an effort to stand, and I know you're going to make an effort this week to do what God wants us to do. With eyes closed and head bow. Thank you for being sensitive to the Spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Life is rough. There's a lot of things that goes on in our lives, Lord, that sometimes we just can't handle. But Father, we are reminded that we have you. You've given us the spirit of joy. And it is so possible to be joyful in our circumstances, to be joyful more and more when things are going well. And Father, there are your your sons and daughters who are standing up wherever they are. Even those who are sitting down, their hearts are saying, I'm going to try. And Lord, we know that we're going to make it through this week. I pray for each one, Lord, in this room. I pray that you will continue to remind us that you love us and that that joy doesn't come from anywhere but comes from you. Let the joy of you, Lord, be our strength this coming week. Help us to build up our joy and let us, Lord, just rebuke the enemy who's going to bring us those joy busters. So, Father, I thank you and I commit each one, Lord, who's standing up, and even those who are sitting down, 
give them to you this day. Equip us, guide us, give us the joy that is in you. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name and his people says, amen and amen.